Hello everyone, Bob Main here, and welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you harness the power of choice to live life the way you want to live it on your own terms and strengthen your resolve. This is episode number 116 of today's survival show. Let's see, what is today's date? Today's Tuesday, the 26th of October 2010, I guess, probably. You're going to hear this at the earliest uh, tomorrow, the 27th of October. Uh, fall is in full swing, folks, and uh, winter is right around the corner. Can't believe it. The holidays are fast approaching and all that good stuff. And so we have still have survival to think about. If you are tuning in for the first time, I just want to say this is a practical show. There's no tinfoil hat type thinking. In this show, I don't get real into paranoid theories and everything. I just keep it in common sense, rooted in common sense. Folks, I'm just an ordinary guy, you know, probably like a lot of you listening to this show. I'm no one special. I'm not a survival trainer or anything like that. Just a, just a Yankee like, that likes to get on this microphone and talk about preparedness. I was born in New York City, raised in Wisconsin for the last several years. I now call Dallas Fort Worth my home, except today. Today I'm recording this from the Rio Grande Valley in Texas, McAllen, Texas, uh, not too far from the border of Mexico, down here on some business, sitting in my hotel room, and it's quite a treat. Uh, you know, a lot of times I'm doing this podcast from my car, not this time. It's great to be in a nice uh, air-conditioned, gosh folks, it's hot and muggy down here, even though it's late October. And so it's nice to be in this uh, air conditioning doing this. So in episode 116 here, I'm going to talk about the business of your home. Don't worry, I'm not getting not going to get into your business at home. I'm going to talk about how to turn your home into a business. That's kind of what I wanted to say. I want to talk about turning your home into a business. You see, I think one of the challenges, and this is something that I've struggled with, folks. So I'm going to talk to you about a personal challenge in this show. One of my challenges is to run my home the way that a successful person would run their business. And, you know, my wife and I, we, we run our home together. It's a team effort, just like businesses. You know, successful businesses, folks, are a team effort. Rarely do you see one person that is the success of a business all by themselves. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's rare. And so the way that, re that relates to survival is... Um, let me share a little quote with you. I'm not quite sure who said this. But they said, the will to survive is equal to the will to prepare. So in other words, the will that you have and the steps that you take to prepare, that's pretty much going to equal your, your level of survival and your wills to survive. People demonstrate their will ahead of time, before a disaster happens. They demonstrate it in the way that they live their lives on an everyday basis. And so that's what I want to talk about. How to make your home a business. Now I'm going to talk about things like extra income streams. I'm going to talk about cutting expenses. I'm going to talk about efficiencies. I'm going to talk about all those types of nuances in, in, in running your home. And I'm going to borrow some information from some key people in this. I'm going to borrow some information from Mr. Rawls at the Survival Blog. I'm going to borrow some information from my friend Lisa Bedford at thesurvivalmom.com. You need to check out her blog too, thesurvivalmom.com. She's got a real good post on this kind of stuff that she posted back, I think, in August. And I will link to all of these uh, articles in the show notes so you can take a look at it. 
And there's one more, um, Frugal Dad. I don't know if you ever checked that out. Frugaldad.com, making frugal cool again. Good stuff. All three of these have some excellent information. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. What do I mean by the business of your home? Successful businesses, basically, folks, it's no secret. Uh, there's some there's some parts that make up a successful business. First of all, they have to have a viable product or service. Now, you know, if you don't have a viable product or service, uh, it makes it real tough, doesn't it? You got to have something that people want, a niche. And you might be in the same service as 50 competitors, but you're going to separate yourself somehow. And I would encourage you to do the same thing with your home. Make your home different. Make it different than everybody else. Because if you want to be like everybody else out there and suffer the fate that a lot of people out there who are not preparing, if you want to suffer that fate, then keep doing what everybody's doing. But the very nature of you listening to this show, because you're tuning in to me, you're probably hungry and you're probably wanting to do something different with your life and I would suggest that you start it right at home and I'll get into some details but a successful business has a niche they also have a plan as to how they're gonna sell and and market that niche and whatever the niche is if you are a fix-it person if you know how to run some piece of equipment for example which I'll be talking about that people need and they need your services uh, if you happen to be a uh, a medical professional Whatever it is, whatever you are doing, you have a niche, you have to have a plan as to how you're going to market that. People don't plan to fail, they just fail to plan. Alright, think about that. The next thing you need is a goal, and you need to have your goals broken down into short and long-term goals. You need to have daily, weekly, and monthly goals as to what you're going to do with your home. And how. And the same thing with your business. You have to know where you want to be, and even if you fall a little bit short, you need to know how much short you've fallen, and what do you have to do to make that up. And the last thing you have to have is a reward. And I really believe that successful businesses, there is a reward. You know, if somebody builds a successful business, sometimes their reward is they sell it. They sell it and they make a bunch of money and they pocket the cash. Maybe they expand. Maybe they leave it to a kid or a grandkid or something like that down the road. You know, there has to be some kind of a reward. Maybe the business that they grow funds their retirement. That's their reward. Whatever it is, and see, you can treat your home the same way. So, quick review. You have to have a niche, a niche product, something that people want. You need to have a plan on how to execute it and, and, uh, and how to sell it. Then you need to have goals, and you need to have a reward. Niche, plan, goals, and reward. Now, let's talk about how that pertains to survival of our home. You see, let's not forget something. Let's not forget that survival really has a lot to do with what you do today. Because as I mentioned, the will to survive is equal to the will to prepare. And so what you're doing today is going to help you weather the storm. Think about it that way. So, let me start with covering some information that I found in uh, Lisa Bedford's blog, thesurvivalmom.com. And uh, Lisa, if you're listening to this, uh, thanks for the great information you posted up there. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, but I've just never had a chance to get around it, get around to it. And now, of course, uh, 
this is the time and I think this is the place. And one of the reasons why I'm doing this right now, folks, is I'm kind of putting this out in advance of the holidays. Because there's some things you can do right now in late October that's going to pay off greatly as you go into the holidays. And there's some things that my family and I have been doing that I want to share with you that has made our uh, long-term survival so much better, our our long-term survival prospects. Okay, So one of the things that Lisa talks about in her blogs is setting up a secondary income. Now, we all work hard. You know, uh, if you are gainfully employed right now, then God bless you, and you're probably working hard. You're probably working hard to make an income and to keep that job. I really strongly believe in a secondary income, having another way, maybe two or three other ways to make money. Now, I'm not going to try to sell you on a way of doing it. I'm just saying, have some ways to make an income. Now, some people think, okay, Bob, what are you talking about? Getting a second job? Not necessarily. Making an income doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting a second job. It doesn't mean you're going to trade hours for dollars. See, I'm not, real, I'm not real big on that. I'm not big on trading hours for dollars. And that's what you do when you go to a dead-end job, is you're trading hours for dollars. And we only have so many hours in a day, right? We only have so many hours in a week. Time is a finite resource. There's only so much time you can trade. Perhaps finding some ways to make money that don't require a lot of your constant attention. Perhaps it just requires a little bit of attention to set up And then it starts to make money on its own. Have you ever thought about something like that? And here's what I mean. There's some examples Lisa points out in her blog. Learning to meet people's needs and uh, and then give them uh, a means to achieve what they're trying, what they're striving for. For example, if you know people have a need uh, uh, to save money, and maybe if you have a tip in saving money, maybe you can sell it. You know, think about that. Maybe you're good at couponing. Maybe you know how to use coupons effectively. I know somebody that actually does very, very well using coupons to save money for her family. Have you ever thought about teaching that to other people? Maybe holding some classes. Uh, You know, people will pay for knowledge. That's one of the things that I've learned over the years. I used to be in the knowledge business. I used to be in the training business. I used to be in the sales training business. Every day, I got people to invest in themselves. Invest in knowledge. Now, there are some classes that are free. But, you know, maybe you can uh, show people how for, for $15 and a couple of hours in attendance, you can show them how to... Cut coupons, all right? And if that's your thing, I'm this is I'm just pulling this out of the air, folks. But if that's your thing, maybe what you can do is you can conduct seminars on the side. Yes, you're trading hours for dollars, but you're not having to do that class every day. And so you can still make some more money. People want to know how to become more attractive. They want to know how to become smarter. They want to know how to feel special. They want to know how not to be afraid of certain things like buying cars or making a decision or how to homeschool their kids. They want to know how to be safe. See, this is something I get involved in every single day. Safety is a huge concern of people. Sometimes I make a little bit of money on the side, folks, counseling people and teaching them how to make their home and their property a little bit more safe. Sometimes I'll refer a product and I earn a referral fee for it. It doesn't take up much time. It doesn't take up much time at all. I don't have to go trade a bunch of hours for dollars and I make a little bit of extra money. Right? If you have a skill where you can teach people how to improve their physical ability, maybe you're a personal trainer. All right, or maybe you have a skill like that. Maybe that's not your full-time job, but maybe you're a personal physical fitness trainer. You're certified. You're just not using your certification. 
maybe you can give some classes on the side on personal training and physical fitness. You're trading hours for dollars, but it's just simply, you know, you can get a lot of people in a class. See, one of the things you have to understand is when you find a niche product, learning how to sell it to the masses. I've made a little bit of money with this show. Not much. Uh, it doesn't make me a living, but it makes me a little extra money. It's a little secondary income. And folks, I'm telling you what. If you can find something even to add $150 a month to your income without having to trade too many hours for it, this is how you can start to run your home like a business. Because successful businesses also diversify. And what I'm talking about right now is how to diversify your house. How to diversify your home. I'm going to get into money-saving ideas in the second segment of this show. But right now, I want to talk about income. I want to talk about inflow. Because here's a secret, folks. I'm going to share a secret with you to financial freedom. Now, I, you might be saying, oh, Bob, there you go. Now you're starting to sound like one of these, uh, you know, marketeers on TV. I got the secret to financial freedom, right? Just come to my seminar and go to, and call 1-800 and sign up for your ticket today, right? No, that's not what I'm trying to sound like. Okay, this is very, very simple. Make more than you spend. It doesn't get any simpler to that, folks. And I used to be on the other end, uh, other side of that. All right, I used to spend a whole lot more than I made. I've been there. I've done that. I've gone broke several times, folks. Spending more than I made. It's a simple concept. 99 out of 100 businesses that succeed, they succeed because they spend less than they make. They bring in more than what goes out the door. Run your house the same way. I'll talk about a little bit later how to get into um, you know, taking some baby steps to set up your finances. And I'll give you some examples that we've done later. But I can't stress that strongly enough. That, that bringing in more than what goes out is key. And you got to get aggressive. you got to get radical. As Dave Ramsey says. And by the way, if you've never read Total Money Makeover or taken one of Dave's classes, do it. Dave says, sometimes you've got to get just really radical. Really radical and nuts about your financial well-being. And when you have that kind of laser-like laser -like focus on it, that's sometimes when, that's usually when you're going to be much more successful. So tap into what is it that people want. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're a shopper who can find amazing bargains. Take people with you and show them how to do that. Uh, and, and maybe get them to do, you know, maybe they'll do something for you. Maybe, you, and, and here's where good old-fashioned bartering comes in. All right. Maybe you know how to shop. Maybe you know how to clip coupons. Maybe you know how to run some kind of a of a of a of a piece of machinery that people need, and, and somebody needs something done. Start trading your services. See, I think modern day bartering. I think trading your services today. I think that's a form of income. I really do. I think that trading and bartering is a form of income, and you don't have to wait for a disaster to start bartering. Because here's what I mean. Okay. If you trade your services, your time, your skill for something else and you don't have to lay out initial cash for whatever it is that you're receiving you're saving money because you're minimizing the money going out the door simply by not having to pay for something think about that again uh, let me say that again you're minimizing your expenses by not having to pay for anything some people think to minimize their expenses they have to cut 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 
And that's one way, cut. My family and I have been doing some cutting, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in, uh, in a few minutes. But you could also improve your financial position. You can also generate less expenses, or you can actually reduce your expenses, excuse me, by acquiring something and not having to pay for it. And a trade, maybe you just trade a little bit of time. Maybe you trade a little bit of knowledge and you get something in return. You see the point? You didn't have to come out of pocket for that expense. So that's what I'm encouraging you to look into doing. And you can call that a side business. You know, and if you can find more than one, if you can find several people, if you can find 12, 20, 50, 80 people, 100 people that want your service in your area, there's your side business. And even if all you're doing is trading, maybe you have a handful of people that that you uh, do a little bit of side work for and just trade them, even if they don't pay you. Some, some people might say, you know, hey, Bob, guess what? You know, I know you know how to help me secure my home, but I don't have any money. I, I can't. I don't have the money to to invest. I mean, you know, I've only got a hundred dollars, Bob. What can you do for me for a hundred bucks? You know, if, if I find that out and I can help them, I some then the first thing I do is I look for something that they may need. Excuse me. I I, I think I, I look to see if they have something I may need. That's what I meant to say. If they have something I may need, and then I'll just offer to trade with them. I'll just say, you know what, I'll pick up the tab for the $100 worth of equipment. And matter of fact, I'll even help you install it. And I'll give you some advice and some tips. I'll do a security analysis of your house or your property or whatever. And I'll show you how to get all this done for 100 bucks. And by the way, you know what, I understand that you do XYZ and I, I could use that. You think we could work out some kind of a trade? I might get a service from them. I might get something from them that I would normally have to pay $400 for, for $100 and a little bit of my time. And you could turn that into a side business, folks. So some of the hobbies and the skills that you have, that you take for granted, folks, can be businesses. And again, it doesn't even have to have a business license. You don't even have to have a business license to barter with somebody. You don't. I mean, and, and again, you're minimizing your expenses. Now, let me talk about the Internet. If you know how to use the Internet, and folks, I'm self-taught. Doing this podcast and all this, completely 100% self-taught. Nobody showed me anything about how to set up a blog, how to produce a podcast, how to record it, what kind of equipment, how to upload it, how to publish it to iTunes and all that and publish it on a blog. Nobody showed me any of that. I lost track of how many hours I stayed up in at, at night, two or three hours extra each night studying this. And I learned it all, and I taught myself how to do it. But now it's paying off, folks. And if you can harness the power of the Internet, if you can figure out how to get your message out, even if it's just through emails, collect email addresses, uh, you'd be amazed what you can do with that. The internet is a great thing. Whoever invented the internet, and it wasn't Al Gore that invented it, but whoever invented the internet for personal use, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, and if some of you are, are looking for a way to get the word out, uh, some of you I know who listen to this show and participate in our forum, some of you have your own blogs. That's great. Set up a blog. Folks, blogging is easy. Blogging is real easy, and you can even be selective as to uh, who you um, tell people about as far as your blog. Now, some people may find it on their own, and that's okay, 
But you know, if if you're not quite sure, you want to make some of your stuff public, you can you can be selective about who you tell that you you know about your blog and things like that. So so think about that. Now, Lisa Bedford in her blog, The Survival Mom, she has a great example in here. She uses an example from nature. And she says, streams come in all sizes and from all directions. And sometimes they dwindle down to a mere trickle, only to become a roaring river farther on, farther on downstream. And eventually, many streams empty themselves into a much larger body of water. And she says, think of that larger body of water as your bank account. Now, here's a great analogy. All right, you've got all these little streams, and they're trickling down into a large body of water. Think of that large body of water as your bank account. And all those little streams of income from a multitude of sources like Craigslist and eBay and, and all the different hobbies and things, you know, 20 bucks here, $30 there, $50 here, 80 bucks here, all that flows down into this large body of water called your checking account. And again, you would be amazed how much an extra couple hundred dollars a month changes someone's life. It could mean the difference between paying off a debt and not paying off a debt. And I would say, let me go ahead and take this opportunity right now since I just reminded myself of it. If you are in debt, get out as quickly as possible. And do odd jobs and do things and, and work some side businesses and work some barters and things like that so you can sock all your money away to paying off your debt. Get radical! As Dave Ramsey says, get radical about paying off your debt and live debt-free. Even if you do live debt-free, folks, you still have taxes to pay. Let's not forget about that. We still have taxes. There really is no such thing as living completely free. You're going to get taxed somewhere, unfortunately. So you're going to have taxes to pay. And so that might be one of the reasons why you still need to make a little extra cash. Even if you do become self-sufficient, if some of you do achieve that goal that some preppers want to do, and that is to be, you know, 80% self-sufficient or whatever. I'm not quite, not quite so sure if it's possible to be 100% self-sufficient. I hear conflicting, you know, stories on that, but let's say you're 80% self-sufficient, you're still going to have taxes and everyday living expenses. You're still going to have to pay to live and to pay to grow your own food and, and to pay for basic resources. So consider multiple income streams, multiple ways of making money, multiple, multiple ways of bartering. Consider, consider that as somewhat of an insurance policy. See, why do we buy insurance, folks? We buy insurance so that the insurance company will pay if we have a problem. All right? And some of them don't. They're, they're not scrupulous. But I won't go there. But that's why we buy insurance, so that somebody else will pay if we have a problem. All of these extra income opportunities and bartering opportunities that you develop, making your home a business, that is a form of insurance policy that will pay if you have a problem. And, and a lot of times, each of the income streams can be a backup to some of the others. And sure, you know, a traditional 40-hour-a-week job will bring in a steady, significant income, but those jobs are kind of hard to come by these days, aren't they? 
And just a little bit of creativity, folks, and a little bit of hard work can pay off a lot of nice dividends for you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be going and working an extra 20 or 25 hours a week somewhere for minimum wage. If that's what you have to do and, and, and you can do that and you can get that kind of a job and you can fit it into your schedule, and if that's all there is to do, maybe doing that, especially with the holidays coming up. Uh, there's a lot of businesses looking to hire seasonal help. That might be something that you can do. It's all part of diversifying. Diversifying your home and diversifying your life just like a successful business does. So there's a little bit of information from Lisa's blog, The Survival Mom. And again, I'll put a, uh, a link to that specific post. It's good. It's a good read. you got to check that out. Over at uh, The Survival Blog, Mr. Rawls has some good info on this. And I'm going to share some of that with you. Some stuff that kind of jumped out at me. But let's take a quick break. And uh, about 15 seconds or so worth of music, and I'll be back on for segment number two. Don't go away. All right, segment number two, talking about the business of your home. Before I get into the post from the survival blog, let me tell you a few things that we've been doing lately. We did go on a cutting expenses binge. And that was actually pretty good. We, we actually cut out some things. We cut out some cable TV bills that we uh, shouldn't have been paying. We cut out some storage space bills. Yeah, I went ahead and shut down that storage unit completely. I know that there's, from a survival standpoint, I know that there's advantages of having a storage unit. Yes, there are. But we had to carefully weigh the advantages of having some off-site product and off-site belongings versus the cost of maintaining it and you know what we just needed to cut some costs lately so we decided to go ahead and shut it down that that created positive cash flow instantaneously folks cutting back some cable cutting back some unnecessary cell phone bills cutting back an off-site storage that we really really didn't need getting rid of some clutter and getting rid of some products you know folks we got rid of some belongings that we just hadn't touched in two or three years and one of the things that we did, and, and here's a great way to pad your financial wallet a little bit here in the next few months. Uh, have you considered going through some of your belongings that you don't need? And folks, you know there's a good rule of thumb. If you haven't touched or looked at something within a, within a year, you probably don't need it. All right, I'm not trying to tell you how to live, but it's just kind of basic human nature that if you haven't paid attention to something in a year, you probably don't need it. Have you considered donating it? We donated a lot of products. That we, had, we donated a lot of stuff, just stuff that we had in storage. So here, we, we got a double whammy benefit from that. Here was our double whammy. First of all, we got to close out our expensive storage unit that was costing us money. Second of all, I got a great tax deduction because I donated it. I donated almost all of it to a nonprofit qualified charity. So I get a great tax deduction. So I'm going to save money on my tax bill early next year when I go ahead and prepare. So what that means is I might even get a little bit back this year. So that might be some, I might get a little bit of a tax return. So that might be some cash flow right there as a result of doing one thing, which is getting rid of some, some stuff I didn't need. Right. The other thing that we have been doing a lot lately, instead of going out and spending a lot of money on entertainment for me and my wife and my son, we've done a lot of at-home entertainment. A lot of inexpensive DVDs or Netflix, stuff like that, staying at home more. Staying at home more, you can entertain yourself a lot at home, folks. 
There's all kinds of things, and we've been doing that a lot too. And sure enough, you'd be amazed. Little by little, this adds up. And I don't have to get an extra job. I don't have to make another penny more if I can do some more sensible cutbacks, if I can implement some, some sensible cutbacks in my lifestyle and get rid of some fat and get rid of some waste. Right then and there, I create a positive cash flow that's tax-free. All right, so think about that. In the survival blog post that I'm going to link to, Mr. Rawls talks about another approach. If you have a mechanical aptitude and you don't mind strenuous work, working outdoors, might be some of you like that listening to this. He suggests if you already own one or more pieces of expensive machinery that you know how to operate and that some people need to rent, perhaps you can rent that machinery out or you can rent your services operating that that piece of machinery and maybe you can do that on a regular basis especially if you live in a rural area and people have that need there could be a lot of people out there that just can't justify buying an expensive piece of machinery for themselves they don't have the money but if you have it and you know how to use it they may be willing to pay you on the side for your services you know, ditch witch trenching machines, vehicle mounted post hole augers, um, vehicle mounted well drilling rigs, uh, portable sawmills, bucket hoists, bobcats, um, small tracked excavators, things like that. If, if you are skilled in something like that, that's just some examples that he throws out here on the survival blog. You know, once you've identified a clear need that people have and you've confirmed that nobody else in your local area has that need, or they're not providing it, establish yourself as the go-to guy for that service. You never know where that could lead. And again, it could lead to some bartering opportunities where maybe you trade for something that you can't afford to pay for. You know, I mean, maybe you're good at fixing cars. Maybe you become the neighborhood car fix-it person. You know, there's all kinds of things. Just get creative. Get your mind flowing. Maybe you know how to pump septic tanks. Uh, maybe you know how, you're like me, you know how to do home security and locksmithing. Uh, here's something I don't know if you thought about. Maybe you know how to care for older folks. Or maybe you know how to care for kids. Maybe you can offer child babysitting and child daycare services. Uh, it's not too hard uh, in most jurisdictions. It's not too hard to get a daycare license. Maybe you can do that if that's your cup of tea. Maybe you know how to care for the elderly. And maybe you can hire yourself out to care for the elderly. I know somebody who uh, makes a pretty good living doing that. A good side income. She doesn't, it's not her full-time job. She doesn't get rich, but she makes some good extra cash doing that. All right? Maybe you know how to repair, uh, repair small appliances. Maybe you used to do that at one time. Maybe you used to be a plumber. Whatever. Creativity can go a long way, folks. And from, from the blog, uh, frugaldad.com. I love some of the things he talks about on there. Create a plan, first of all. You know, he says, all, be all businesses begin with some sort of a plan. And I talked about this to open up the show. Uh, Short-term and long-term plans. And, and the plans help you guide your decisions. Why can't you do the same thing with your house? And budget your everyday expenses. Living on a written budget. You know, folks, Dave Ramsey got us into the habit of doing that. And it's, I don't care if you just do what I did. I did a real low-tech budget. You know what I did? I opened up Microsoft Word. Because at the time I did it, I didn't even know how to use Excel very well. 
I opened up Microsoft Word and I just created three columns and I just started listing all of my bills everything everything I could think of that I spent money on that we spent money on we just put it all down and listed it that right there folks is a sobering experience I'm telling you that is a sobering experience and I'm convinced really folks that one of the reasons people don't do that is because they don't want to admit what it is that they're spending truthfully I'm serious I think a lot of people just don't want to admit what it is that they're spending. So that's why, because it's painful. It's painful to sit down and make out that written budget and actually write down where the money is going. But we did that several years ago. And then, of course, once you've got everything listed and you've double-checked and triple-checked to make sure it's listed and it's all there, then you put one more line item below that, and that is, what is your total income every month after taxes? What is your total income every month after taxes? And that number better be higher than the total of everything above it. If it's not, you got some work to do, don't you? And you either implement a second or third income, or you implement some bartering and reduce the amount of expenses going out the door or you cut or you do all three so the frugal dad also talks about tracking spending which is pretty much you know tracking what comes in and what goes out which is pretty much what I just talked about he also mentions conducting reviews now we used to review that budget once a week it wasn't that hard to do we used to set aside Saturday mornings, and it only took about 20 minutes to go through all the receipts from the week and uh, put them all on the uh, Word program that I had built. Eventually, we used Excel <laughs> once I figured out how to do it, and uh, it doesn't take very long. You know, pick a time, and, and we had an appointment with each other. We had an appointment on Saturdays to do that. Sometimes we do it on Friday, and yeah, maybe sometimes let it slip till Sunday, but we got it done once a week. And doing th things like this help you become more profitable. They help you become the CEO of your own house. And, and that's what and that's why I decided to, to title this podcast Become the CEO of your own home. Because that's what it is. You, you've got to run your life as if it's a business. Run your house as if it's a business. Do what a successful CEO does. Again, successful. And you'll also find that these days, businesses that are surviving, because there are, there are some businesses out there that are, th are thriving and surviving. Not only do they have a niche, not only do they have a plan, not only are they aggressive and they work hard, but they also stay out of debt. Now, one more idea I want to leave you with in becoming the CEO of your home. And that is another money-saving tip and another way that you can reduce expenses is taking a look at your health care. Now, this is a sensitive subject, I understand, especially with what's going on in the last year here in the United States of America. But there's some things that you can do uh, in your own house. First of all, you know, Frugal Dad talks about inventorying your coverage inventory your health insurance coverage do a thorough analysis of your health coverage it, you know it wouldn't hurt to do it every six months you know read your EOBs read your explanation of benefits and take a look at your your years worth of expenditures of your medical bills okay 
wherever it makes sense drop some things if you're paying for a certain coverage that you're not using again be careful with it be careful it has to be something that you rarely rarely ever use look at it you'd be amazed how many hidden fees are in health insurance policies you know things like vision coverage make sure it makes sense for you some vision coverage is a ripoff some of its really good some people are paying for vision coverage and they don't even use it okay so so look at things like that uh, you might want to consider the um, FSA is the flexible spending accounts if your employer offers one if you're self-employed obviously that's probably not going to be an issue but uh, those can be some pretty good deals so your the money that you put in there is matched with before tax funds and so in other words you're, you're, you have more buying power you have more buying power over your medical expenses by doing that but you got to be careful with those too because a lot of them are use it or lose it if you put money in there and you don't use it in a year's worth of time or something like that it goes away so if you're watching this kind of stuff you should be able to calculate what it is and I would I would say probably estimate on the low side what your expenses are for medical bills in a year estimate on the low side and then put that much the low side the low amount put that into your FSA Okay. Another thing you might want to think about is matching the level of care that you receive. Match it with the illness. Right? You ever heard the term, don't kill a fly with a sledgehammer? All right. That pretty much sums up what's wrong with our healthcare system, folks. Seriously. A lot of people seek the wrong level of care for what's wrong with them. And it ends up costing them and the health system a heck of a lot of money. Okay? Sometimes people go running to the emergency room for no good reason. And they're racking up big-time emergency room expenses when maybe the ailment can be taken care of a little bit at home with some good first aid knowledge and some good first aid supplies and maybe wait 24 to 48 hours. And if it isn't any better, then go to a doctor and schedule a normal doctor visit that's going to cost less than an emergency room. But a lot of people get lazy. Now, I'm not saying take a chance with someone's life. If someone's life's in danger, yeah, go to the emergency room, folks. Call 911. Do what you have to do. Let me put that disclaimer out there right now. I'm not saying play around with someone's life or play around with someone's serious illness. But just don't go running down to the ER or some super expensive cl clinic just for an earache. Because an earache or a toothache or whatever is probably not worth that kind of an expense and not only are you going to cost the health system money but you're going to cost yourself a tremendous amount of money okay the other thing you need to watch is you need to watch your health insurers uh, billing because uh, boy I tell you what we struggle with this for a lot of years uh, we have a lousy health insurance program where I work folks it sucks and these people they miss bill like crazy they overbill and and they don't apply and you gotta watch them like a hawk and credit to my wife she is great at that she's great at watching our insurance company like a hawk and she reads those explanation of benefits and she looks at the uh, the charges and everything and she finds stuff and and she finds stuff that they're trying to get away with all that kind of stuff can add up, folks. She finds them and she nails the insurance company on them. So things like that. And also, uh, one more thing in closing that I want to talk about. Don't forget about just everyday preventative maintenance because that's kind of like treating your your home like a business as well. You know, businesses do preventative maintenance. Businesses clean. They're fixing things up, hopefully. 
uh, especially if they're the kind of business that maybe has like a retail storefront and they have to, you know, make a good impression on customers because they want customers to feel good about when they're walking in there to buy something. Make sure you're doing preventative maintenance at home. And I don't mean home repairs. I mean on you. Staying healthy. Staying healthy as much as you possibly can. I remember a show I did several months ago on eating organic foods. Why you should eat organic foods. Now you may say, well, Bob, Bob, your whole show here is about saving money. Organic foods cost more money. I don't believe in the long run that they necessarily do. You have to be smart about it. you got to do your homework. But eating right and taking good vitamins. I'm not saying you have to go 100% organic, but at least giving yourself good nutrition, good quality nutrition, goes a long, long way in the long term, folks, to saving you a lot of money, especially with medical expenses. So go back and listen to that show. It might have been like episode 71 or 72, something like that, on eating organic foods, why you should eat organic foods. I think that was the uh, topic of that show. Okay, and as I go ahead and bring this to a close, this Becoming a CEO of Your Own Home podcast on, on survival, because I really do believe this is indeed a survival skill, folks. By doing this, you're going to strengthen your position and you're going to be able to handle disasters a lot better because disasters come in many forms folks they don't just come as a big calamity a big huge catastrophe yeah that's why I don't engage in that kind of tinfoil hat kind of stuff because that stuff's not very common okay I don't, I don't get into that mindset I get into two, you know dealing with the more common things because if you ignore the common problems they build up and they build up and they build up and little by little they become collectively something huge I've talked about this many times and I'll close with this use cash for your expenditures stay away from modern technology to spend money and you know what I'm talking about I'm talking about credit cards. I'm talking about online e-checks and things like that. Now, I know some of you want to contribute to my show. And the only way that I can collect money on the Internet is through Google Checkout. Be careful. Go ahead and do it. I would love it if you'd invest in my show, invest in my upcoming CD. Some of you have emailed me and said, I want to just send you cash because, Bob, you talk about using cash. Can I send you cash? Well, don't actually put cash in the mail. Send me a cashier's check if you want. If you want to do that, that's fine. I'll honor that because I know that you're being wise with your money, and I'll give you my address to send it to. All right? But just be wise. Make it as painful as possible to spend money. And I think using cash makes it painful. Because it's harder to let go of cash, folks. It's a lot harder to let go of cash than it is to swipe a card through a machine. It is. It's so much harder to spend cash, to let go of that green money, than it is to just swipe a card through a machine. So think about that. And doing a show on making extra money and becoming the CEO of your own home I can't do a show like this without practicing what I preach. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you to invest in yourself. You are the greatest asset you have, folks. Invest in you. 
You will pay yourself more dividends than any investment you can make. I promise you, nine times out of ten, investing in your own knowledge will pay off more than anything else. On December the 15th, I am going to release a survival CD, a combo survival CD. And what I mean by that is I'm going to com combine preparedness skills that I've not talked about on this show. I have not talked about any prepare anything that's going to be on this CD. I haven't gone into depth on a lot of this stuff. I'm going to sell it for only $15, folks. 15 bucks. You can use it as a holiday gift for yourself or for somebody else. Don't forget, you can always take CDs and you can burn them to iPods or MP3 players or just stick them in your car. Turn your, turn your car into a university on wheels. You probably already do, do by listening to this podcast. So if you'd like to support my show, the CD is only 15 bucks. You can go to todayssurvival.com. You can use Google Checkout to go ahead and buy it online. Just be smart. Track it. Make sure you have it in your budget. I don't want your money, folks, if it's not in your budget. Seriously. Don't give me money just to do me a favor. If it's not in your budget, don't spend it. But if you can do it, and if you don't want a CD, if you want a digital download, that's fine. What that means is I'll give you a password on December 15th and a separate web page, and you can go there and you can download it already in MP3 format. Go to todayssurvival.com and click Survival CD on there, and you'll be able to see a list of topics. I'm updating it all the time. That's a way that you can support my show and support the efforts that I'm doing. And it's kind of like my little side business, okay? <laughs> uh, hey, I'm real upfront. I've got nothing to hide. This is one of my little side businesses. And I hope it helps you. And if you think it does help you, then I hope you feel that it's going to be worth a little bit of, a, of an investment here as the holidays are approaching. So with that said, folks, um, I'm going to wrap it up. I hope I've given you some good ideas on becoming a CEO of your own house. Because that's pretty much, I think, a major survival step. This is about family survival. And I think that preparedness begins on the family level. Um, so be team members. Be team members in your own home, in your own business, and for the cause of you and your family surviving what is might be coming out there. And that's what this is all about, isn't it? Isn't that why we do this? This is why I do this. And I've learned something just by doing this podcast, folks. It's one of the reasons why I do this. If I never made another dollar on this podcast again... I would still continue to do it because I learned something from it. One of the best ways to have to, one of the best ways to learn something, folks, I promise you, one of the best ways to learn something is to teach it. Or to give a presentation on it. Or to share it in an easy to listen to format with other people. Try that sometimes. Sometime. You will learn a lot about your subject when you have to prepare to present it. Think about that. So with that said, folks, uh, I'm Bob Main, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of today's Survival Show, where it's my goal to help you to harness, to harness the power of choice and figure out a way to add some extra income. Become the CEO of your own house, because if you do, you will strengthen your resolve. Teddy Roosevelt said it best. I love to close the show with this. Do what you can with what you have, wherever. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll catch you next time.